The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> GoFundMe page from Melbourne Taylor. Oh, really? He's got some serious medical bills right now. Oh, wow. I know they've raised $62,000 for him. Oh. But I think he needs a lot more, so. Encourage people to find that on GoFundMe. I love that guy. Good people. I really should start the show early so I can, because I get so much to get to, but just Facebook just takes so long to load gotta be getting better. I don't care what anybody says. I think maybe you are. I hate to say it out loud because every time I say it out loud on the show, I end up back in the hospital. So. All right, let's get this show on the road. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, Top. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We've got a great show for you today. It's, gonna be, it's our year-end show. It's our sixth anniversary here at the Paying Attention Podcast. And I will be celebrating my 20... Fifth year, I believe, my 25th year, I think, in April, doing the Paying Attention show, because we started off as a radio show. Uh, we started off in WCCM in Lawrence, which then moved to WCCM in Methuen, and then I ended up on WEZE Family 590 in Boston, and then we transitioned the show down to uh, Salem Communications, started a new uh, station called WTTT, uh, which was in the same building, so we just moved it. We just moved it downstairs, but it was, on, it was a different number on the dial. And then um, I quit radio and said, I'm done. I want to start a newspaper. And uh, took about six months off, started the Valley Patriot, and then got a phone call from a guy named, what was his first name? Maurice Cohen, who owned WCAP in Lowell. And he said, Tom, I'm reading your newspaper. I used to listen to your show in Lawrence all the time. Why are you not doing radio? You should be using so using your radio skills to promote your paper. It's important Why don't you come to CAP? So he lured me in. 
Which and I made him a boatload of money. Let me tell you, <laughs> he made a lot of money on me. Um, so we've been doing the show since two, since since nineteen ninety. I always say ninety nine, but my records say ninety eight. So I'm going to go with what my records say. Um, it's our sixth anniversary, and six years ago today we started off. We had five, four police chiefs from the local Merrimack Valley area come in and talk about the opioid crisis. So we may do that. We may do a one-hour show, a full one-hour show within the next month or so and get the chiefs in because we do it every year. I think we missed one year, um, but we will do that. So we've got uh, a couple things to get to. It, it, this is, this is going to be our year-end show. We're going to talk about the top 10 local stories of the year. Before we do, however, uh, a couple things. We're going to do a little bit of house cleaning. First, let's thank our sponsors. Let's get that up uh, here on the screen. I want to thank uh, Century 21, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21, Zanny, Pesci, Peshe, Peshe, Pesha, Law Office, in Methuen, Marston, and Site Construction, EIS, information Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli. Did. Boy, let me tell you, I was at Borelli's the day before Christmas. I think it was Christmas Eve that I was there. And... Um, and was able to get all my meats. Like everybody was telling me, if you if you get food the day before Christmas, nothing's going to be left. You got to go earlier. And I went to Borelli's and I got everything that I needed at Borelli's on Christmas Eve. So thank you to, <coughs> excuse me, thank you to um, the Tabacchio family who we'll be talking about them in a couple of seconds. Their sandwich of the day, by the way, and I didn't send you the picture because we were so busy before the show, Christy. But their sandwich of the day today is the Boar's Head Chicken Bacon Ranch. And I'm going to try very hard to get there right after the show because that sounds really, really good. It's Boar's Head Chicken, Boar's Head American Cheese, Bacon, and anything with bacon in it. I don't care what it is. I'm going to eat it. Yep. Um, <laughs> lettuce, tomato, ranch, and, and it's on Tripoli bread. And you can't go wrong with Tripoli bread Ooh, either. No, uh, who else do we have? Par 28, which has the best uh, pizza in the Merrimack Valley. Tomo and Shaken Seafood. Clear Path for Veterans New England. The Doug Mercurio Law Office in North Reading. He has not gotten any business out of advertising with me. None. So you guys, if you need a lawyer, you need to be calling the Doug Mercurio Law Office. AFC Urgent Care, Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors, and he's not taking any new jobs, but I do think he is hiring. So if you're looking for a job, give Dave Id Consoli a call. And a free shout-out to our buddies at JG's Ice Cream. Also, I want to thank, uh, before we get into our top 10 list, I want to thank uh, Chrissy, and I also want to thank Dave Id Consoli. Um, 2023 was a tough year for me. And I, I thought I thought things were breezing along really nicely. By the time we hit August, I'm like, we got a good groove going. Yeah. And there's money coming in at the Valley Patriot. We're not behind in our bills. And, and I'm feeling good. And I actually started like going out and having a social life a little bit for the first time in five years. And then I ended up in a coma for 11 days and woke up thinking it was like the day before. And it was not the day before. And, uh, and I ended up in the hospital for 34 days and rehab for seven and a half days. Um, and then back into the hospital a couple of times since then. We didn't announce it, but I was. That's why Dave keeps coming in to fill in for me. Um, so 2023 has been a, a tough a tough year for me physically. It's been a tough year. For, I have to say, like, I don't want to get off and, and take too much time out of the show, but I have to say, I, I thought the f- getting through the physical stuff was going to be the hardest. And trying to recover physically was going to be the hardest. I'm still having a hard time breathing. I'm still having a hard time moving around some days. Um, but I, I have to be honest with you guys, the, men, the, the, the emotional aspect of what has occurred has been far more difficult to deal with. And I didn't think that. Coming out of the hospital, I thought, 
hey, we're getting ready to go. We're publishing a newspaper again. We're back in the groove. But, you know, what? when you almost die, and I understand Chrissy has also had this experience, when you almost die and, like, you're, like, literally seconds away from not being here ever again, uh, it screws with your head. And you start to think about your own mortality a lot. And you also start to put things into a better perspective a lot. And so the first week I was out of the hospital, I got a phone call from somebody who's not a friend, but someone I know well, who was really upset over something really petty. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be condescending, but when he was done, I said, you know, not for anything, but I almost died twice over the last couple of months. And on my deathbed, I'm not going to be thinking about things like that. And when I was on my deathbed, I was not thinking about things like that. I was thinking about, my God, I just did my last bash. I'm never going to do a bash ever again. I'm never going to do my podcast ever again. Um, I'm never going to see Christmas with my family ever again. I'm never going to see New Year's ever again. You don't think about the petty, stupid shit that we all get bogged down with throughout the year. So my, my advice, my unsolicited advice for you going forward, you know, everybody's New Year's resolution should be pretend tomorrow you're going to die. And that puts all of the things that you think you're upset about today into a, uh, into a much different perspective. And I think a lot of those things will roll off your back. I, I know that things I used to flip out about before I went into the hospital now, couldn't care less. Like, it happens, and I just roll with it now, and I go, yeah, I'm not going to get upset about Why am I going to get upset about that? There's so many other things that are so much more important you could be upset about. Anyways, I just want to impart that upon you. So uh, I, we, I have blah, 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 <laughs> words, Tom. So, I have my top 10 stories, my top 10 local stories for um, 2023. And again, I want to thank Dave Idconsoli for coming in and filling in for me for uh, all of September uh, and most and some of October and then coming back in a couple of times. It meant a lot to me that I had somebody there to take the show and not, it was one more thing I didn't have to worry about while I was worried about trying to get better. Um, we have our top 10 news stories of 2023. And, uh, you know, uh, there was one story that after I put this list together, and I did a lot of research to, to, to put this list together, um, there's one story that didn't make the list, and it should have been in the top five. So I'm just going to tell you what it is right now. When Methuen May and Neil Perry misspent COVID money and then did a podcast saying it was no big deal and he'd do it again because he thinks the federal government's wrong for having standards – that was fucking hilarious. And that should have been in the top five because you have a mayor who runs around talking about how much integrity he has, getting caught by the federal government, misspending, misusing COVID money. And then after it's over, after he gets caught, instead of just saying like, yeah, I screwed up and, you know, we're going to do what we can to not do that again. Instead, he's like, I'd do it again. And that was a great clip, but we don't have it because I thought of it after I put this list together. So that should be in the top five. We'll, we'll go with what our, what our, our uh, number 10. We'll do it in, in reverse order. Number 10, mm-hmm. Lynette Perez. Now, I, I have to say before I do this story, I know Brian is going to hate this, and I'm sorry, Brian. And I know Octavian's going to hate this, and I'm sorry, Octavian, too. Brian is, Brian is a great mayor for the city of Lawrence. He just fucked up. He just screwed up. He screwed up. And, and Lynette screwed up. And it was a huge story. Uh, by the way, I actually put my list together for the top 10 this week. And after I put my, my list together of what I thought the top 10 was, I went on the Valley Patriot website to look and see what was the top 
hit news story of the year. And this was the top hit news story of the year on ValleyPatriot.com. This had over 23,000 hits, this story. So it got picked up by Newsbank. It got picked up, I think, by a couple of the Boston papers. And they shared it out on their apps. Uh, Newsbreak and Smart News pick up my stories often and share them out, which is why our numbers are so much higher these days than they used to be. Uh, for potential advertisers, by the way, if you want to advertise in the show, please reach out. Lynette Perez, so let me give you the background on this. She, is, uh, she was the campaign manager for Lawrence Mayor Brian DePena, whom I love to death. I really do love the guy. Um, he, she was her, his campaign manager. And when he became mayor, he gave her a job as the domestic violence coordinator for the city of Lawrence. And while she is the domestic violence coordinator for the city of Lawrence... She sets up what looks to be a fake nonprofit to handle what? To deal with what? Domestic violence in Lawrence. So she set up a nonprofit so she could get paid to do what she's already getting paid to do by the city to do. And she applied for a $50,000 federal grant through the city, even though she fudged the paperwork on the nonprofit. And that story went absolutely viral, I think, because Brian has become very controversial. Anything you say that has to do with Brian DePena, he's the, he's the new Joe Solomon. Anything you mention about Brian DePena and I was going to go viral because there's this groundswell of people. It's this small group of people, but they're very rabid, who hate Brian DePena. Just like Joe Solomon. You mentioned Joe Solomon's name anywhere in Methuen, and at least one person's going to get so pissed off, they're going to get up and walk out of the room. Because he, his name just triggers people. Brian now is that with a lot of people in Lawrence. Now, he's still, I think, very well liked among the electorate. I think he still has very close to a majority of the electorate still love Brian DePena. But it's starting to shift. And we, we know that because Chrissy did a short reel of me talking about Brian DePena not translating his videos on Facebook, which, again, looks like an attack. It really does look like I really hate Brian DePena, but I really don't. I just wish people could understand me before they see these videos. Um, I got 2,400 hits, like, in the first couple of days. So we know that it's very, very controversial. Um, Lynette, so Lynette Perez, I advised the mayor to relieve her of her duties as a city employee for what she did because she's a family friend because she was his campaign manager, it would have been a big hit for him had he removed her from the job, made some phone calls to the private sector, got one of his friends to hire her till things died down, and then you can do whatever you want. Instead, he left her there. And uh, so that really probably should be in the top five, I, but I didn't think of it. And then I looked and I saw how many hits it got on the Valley Patriot website. So I had to include it in. So that actually replaced what was my top, my number 10, which was the Valley Patriot Bash giving up $54,000 at our, at our bash this year for scholarships. Number nine, the number nine story, local story of the, uh, of the year for the Merrimack Valley. And I'm going to pull this one up too. Methuen City workers get paid more than anybody else. Wow, look at this. So, um, and I can't remember when we did it. I think we did this in May. The uh, latest numbers that were available to us were 2021. So Neil Perry was mayor at the time. And Steve Sable was president of the city council at the time. Although for some reason they mock me whenever I call it the president of the council. I guess it's chair of the council. The only people who care about your title is you, honestly. So, like, if I get the title wrong, who gives a shit, right? I have people correct me all the time when I get a title wrong. And I'm like, seriously? 
The only person who cares about your title is you. Um, in 2021, here's your average Methuen salary, city worker, $76,864. It's 64% higher than the national average for a municipal employee, for municipal employees. And then, like, way down at the bottom of that list, because we have listed Methuen, Haverhill, Lawrence, Andover, North Andover. North Andover is the wealthiest community in the Merrimack Valley, probably in the top five wealthiest communities in the state. And they're at the bottom with $40,530 as an average for city employees, city workers. And that's still 14% higher than the national average. But boy, go back up to the, at the top of that list. Methuen, $76,864 is the average. That means 49% of the city employees make more than that. That's the average. That's your mean. That's, like, that's, the, that's your middle point, right? That means like 49% of people made less than that and 49 made more than that. That means 49% of your Methuen city workers made more than 76864 but, but Neil Perry can still run around the community saying the friends and family plan are over. He can still keep doing it. And people are dumb. They'll just believe him. And he's got the Tribune on his side, so they, he's always, only going to get positive press out of it. And that's one of the reasons why they hate me, because I'm the only guy out here telling you this stuff. The Tribune's not giving you this shit. Rumble's not giving you this. Methuen Life, I love Methuen Life, but, but they're not giving you hard news, right? They're giving you, like, you know, student of the month at the, at the, at the high school and gardening tips. And by the way, there's a tremendous value to that. I really like Methuen Life. I read it a lot. All right, uh, so that's our number nine story. Let's go to our number, what is our number eight story? Oh, here's our number eight story. This is great. We had them both on the show. We had the Tamacchio family and Don Smeriglio the week that they announced that Don Smeriglio was selling Borelli's Deli. It was such a big story, I put it on the front page of our newspaper. And it went viral. It went viral because no matter where you live in the Merrimack Valley, from Newburyport to Drakeit to Tingsboro, Everyone knows Borelli's Deli. There are people that drive like 20 minutes to 30 minutes to go to Borelli's Deli just to get their deli foods because the quality of the food is so good. Let me give you an example. So I send Grocery Girl to Market Basket to do my grocery shopping. I have her get me like a half a pound of cheese and a half a pound of ham to tie me over until like I can get to Borelli's. Actually, I think, it was a, I think it was a pound. So I think it was a pound of ham and a pound of cheese. The pound of ham was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $4.80. I'm, I'm guessing, but I know I'm close. I went to Borelli's and I got a pound of ham and it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $6.80. So it was a couple of dollars more. But the quality of the food was so much better. The taste of my sandwich was so much better that it's worth the extra two bucks a pound. For me, now, I mean, if you're pinching every penny and and you're having a financial problem, you want to go to a market basket and buy in bulk. You want to go to BJ's Wholesale and buy in bulk. But if if food is important enough to you to spend a little bit more money for the quality of the food, let me tell you, Borelli's Deli is the place to go. And I was very honored to have both uh, Jim Tamacchio and his son, Matt, and uh, Don Smeriglio here on the show with with the exclusive that they were turning over Borelli's Deli. And since the Tamakios have taken over, let me tell you, um, I've been there so many times, it's ridiculous. Um, the food is really, really good. He stepped up his game. They've actually increased the quality of the food. And they've also done something that will always get you endeared to me. 
They started donating food to TMS Family Dinner for the Homeless. And they not only donate the food, but they come down and they serve the food. And they talk to the homeless and they learn something. Like they have one-on-one interactions with the people that they're actually helping. Most people donate money to like the Haiti Fund. They write a check and they have no idea who they're helping, where it's going, is it even going where it's supposed to. These guys come down, they donate the food, then they serve the food so they see the people eating their food, and then they actually interact with them. And so I love Jim Tamacchio and his wife and, and, and Matt and everybody over there, um, Abby and Ashley and everyone over at Pirelli's Deli. They're amazing. Uh, I love them, and hopefully they'll be with us forever uh, because I just like uh, I just like promoting the crap out of them. I really do. You'll notice I promote them a lot more than I promote some of my other sponsors. It's just because I love them so much. All right, where are we? Number seven, the seventh biggest story of the year. I again, I know Brian DePina is going to get mad at me, and I and I'm sorry. I have to say it in advance, and it's not Brian's fault. But his chief of staff at the time was Giovanni Marte, a guy I told him not to hire. Giovanni Marte used to work for Marcos Devers, a guy that I also told Marcos not to hire. And it's not because I was psychic and knew that this was going to happen, but I just knew what kind of person he was. I had a few interactions with him, and they weren't positive. And I tried to warn everybody out of the gate, this is not the kind of guy you want to be around. And my red flags went up, and nobody listened. Um, He was caught earlier on in the year. I think it was maybe around February, January, February. He was caught downloading kitty porn. And so he has been arrested. And I think we're waiting. I think he pleaded guilty. I'm going to have to do a follow-up on that. We don't know what really happened to him. I think he pleaded guilty. Uh, but I will double-check on that. We, will, we have to get um, the district attorney, Paul Tucker, back on the program. Because when he ran for office last year, he promised he'd come back. He hasn't come back yet. Um, I've asked him a few times, and I got the I'm busy situation. Uh, but we need to get him back here because he made us some promises during the campaign, and one of them he has not yet kept. So we're going to get him on the show. Uh, so Giovanni Marte, the number seven news story, local news story of the Merrimack Valley for the year. Uh, number six. Boy, this is, let me give you the background on this. So State Representative Lenny Mirra ran for re-election, and the Democrats literally stole the seat away from him. And they put everything that they – now, this is what kills me is – the Democrats have an overwhelming majority in the Senate. They have an overwhelming majority in the House. They have every single constitutional office from governor to state treasurer to state auditor all the way down. There is, there is no Democrat leadership anywhere in – I'm sorry, no Republican leadership anywhere in the state. Republicans don't hold any – they hold like maybe two state Senate seats and maybe like five or eight House seats, Maybe. Lenny Mera was one of the Republican House seats. He's from Georgetown, originally from West Newberry. And they went out of their way to steal this seat away from him. He won by, I believe, 11 votes on election night. But they called for a recount. And when they called for a recount, during the recount, they changed the standard of what would count and what would not count based on who the candidate was. So if it was... Uh, somebody scribbled cat next to Kasner's name, but they just scribbled. They would count it. But then they'd find a ballot like an hour later that was just scribbled for Lenny Mirror, and they'd say, no, 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 that doesn't count. And the Kasner people would have it thrown out. They also f- f- mysteriously found 101 ballots after the recount, 90% of which went to Lenny Mirror. Just mysteriously found them. So Lenny went to court, he went to the legislature, he tried everything that he could, 
But because, again, the Democrats control the House, the Democrats control the Senate, they control the governor's office, the, the, the DA is a Democrat, the attorney general is a Democrat, we all know how that happened. He ends up losing every single appeal that he gave. And what really pissed me off about this story is they tried to lump him in with Donald Trump and call him an election denier. You're just mad because you lost. You're just mad because you want the seat. And Lenny, Lenny told me right here on the show, he said, I wouldn't take that job again for all the money in the world. You could triple my salary, and I would not take that job back again. I, I want no part of the legislature. Now that I see how dirty it is, I want no part of it. And, you know, what's funny is that when Lenny first ran about 12 years ago or so, maybe 15 years ago, I tried to warn him how dirty the Democrats played. And he was like, no, he, he gave me the Democrat talking point. No, come on, Tom, listen, if you go to court and you go to a judge, and if you're right, the judge sides in your favor. Now he knows that that's not the case. Now he gets it. So that's our number six, number six story of the month, uh, of the year, sorry. <sighs> Trying to wake up. Number five, this was great. So I believe back in May, the three state representatives and the state Senator Pavel Payano, so it was State Representative Francisco Polino, Estella Reyes, and Ryan Hamilton, along with State Senator Pavel Payano. I wish I had the video of this because it's so fun. Do I have the video? No, right? Just the picture? All right. Um, this was so much fun. By the way, the, all these stories are up on the YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel and you can see these. Um, so they showed up at a Methuen City Council meeting and they had no idea what they were in for. And I tried to warn them. I said, I said, you guys are going to have problems. And Pavel Payana said, no, 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 Tom, Tom. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fine, Tom. And they went before the council just as they went before the council in Lawrence, just like they did it in Haverhill. But the difference was in Haverhill, when the representatives and the senator went before the Haverhill City Council, the Haverhill City Council talked to them about what they could do to increase funding for police protection and for schools. And what are you going to do to help us with our infrastructure? We've got, you know, streets that need to be paved and, and bridges that need to be repaired. And then they went to Lawrence. They got the same thing. What are you going to do to help us get our schools back? What do you do to help us, with, you know, build a new police station? It was all things that were of benefit to the taxpayers. Then they showed up in Methuen. Fucking hilarious. In Methuen, they showed up, and you know what they wanted to talk about? We wrote a letter condemning Joe Solomon. Why won't you sign our letter? Why won't you sign our letter? You need to sign our letter. Can you sign it now? They asked him right there at the council table, right there, like on an open meeting. Can you sign it now? And Ryan Hamilton, God bless him, said, I haven't read this letter. I need, I need to look at this letter and digest it and read it before I'm going to sign anything. And Pavel Payano said the same thing. Like, had you called us before the meeting sent us this letter before the meeting, I might have signed it, but I'm not going to just do it now without reading it and digesting it and researching it to make sure that what you said is true. But no, 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 you have to attack Joe Solomon. You have to stand with us because we look foolish now. And he, Pavel Payan even said, he got up at the microphone and he said at the time, you know, we go to Lawrence and they ask us about school funding. We go to Haverhill, they ask us about, you ask us about a ladder? Like, really? This is what you're asking us? By the way, just to let you know, when the state funding showed up in Methuen, wasn't as much as what they thought it was going to be. 
They didn't get the money that they thought they were going to get for community policing. They did not get the money they thought they were going to get for the schools. They did not get the money they thought they were going to get for DPW for paving roads. You know why? Because of that meeting right there. That's why they didn't get it. That's why Pavel didn't put the money in for it, for, for a lot of it. And that's why the state reps didn't put a, put a, requ- a special request in for it. Because when they went to Haverhill and they went to Lawrence, Haverhill and Lawrence made an ask for the taxpayers. And when they went to Methuen, Methuen made an ask for their politics. And so because they weren't asking for more money for state police, uh, for uh, community police, and they weren't asking for more money for schools and bridges and roads and the things that are important to the voters, they didn't get it. You got far less money in Methuen this year than you got last year, and you have your city council to thank for it. All right. Number four. Number four, this one was tough. Again, again, again. Brian DePina is going to be mad. I love Brian DePina. I wish we could, next week we could do a whole show on how much I love Brian DePina. But for now, Lawrence Police Chief Roy Vasque said publicly when he was under attack by the mayor's office that this was just a ruse because William Castro, who was chief of staff at the time, wants to be chief. That's what he said. He might have even said it on this show, but I don't think he did, but he might have. And the mayor eventually pushed him out. They gave him a buyout, $780,000. They paid him to go away. They paid out his contract. Now, people in Methuen were complaining about Joe Solomon. You guys in Methuen, you were complaining about Joe Solomon. You got nothing on Lawrence. Lawrence made a $780,000 payout to get rid of Roy Vasque, who was not a bad chief. I had problems with some of the decisions that he made, but that was personal. But as far as being chief, he was a good chief. Lawrence was accredited for the first time. They got the new pol- a new police station construction project underway. He hired a ton of new minorities, Latinos, to work in the city of Lawrence. The guy did a pretty decent job. Were there problems yet? Because nobody's perfect. Just like Joe Solomon, nobody's perfect. But they paid him seven eighty on their way out the door. And then, and then, the mayor hired William Castro to be the acting police chief to replace him, which just fed right into what Roy was saying all along. It just fed right into it. That he was only being removed because William Castro wanted his job. And it now looks like he was right about that. And it cost the city of Lawrence $780,000 to do it. So, that's our number four. And by the way, I like, I like William Castro. I think he's... And if they, if they make him permanent, I think they should make him permanent as chief in Lawrence. I think he will do a good job, and so far I think he has been doing a good job. Um, the Lawrence Police Department needs a drill sergeant. And you lost Roy Vasque, who was a drill sergeant. I think is going to be even tougher. And he knows who the political scumbags in the department are. And I'm hoping that we're going to see, once he becomes permanent, I'm hoping we're going to see very quickly um, those people either being reduced in rank or at least being reduced in power. All right, number three, the number three story of the year in the Merrimack Valley for 2023. The city of Methuen, I got to pull this up because I want to be able to read that. The city of Methuen. Now, you guys remember, you guys remember this. I, I, I'm positive that you do. You, you remember the hand wringing and the, and the fist pounding that the police were getting paid too much money. The superior officers had a criminal contract in Methuen. Gonna need some water for this one. You guys remember that? 
It was a criminal contract. People are going to go to jail. Now, in full disclosure, Joe Solomon has been indicted, but not for the contract. It wasn't because it was a criminal contract. There were n- no part of the charges have anything to do with the, with the contract of the, of the Methuen superior officers. After they pounded their fist and said the cops are making too much money and they laid off 35 cops and they did this whole big thing. Then when Joe Solomon was gone, they rehired all the cops. They put all the money back in the police budget. They created a brand new position of deputy chief. And if you look at, I don't know if you can blow that up just a little bit more. If you look under the new contract, this is not the old contract. This is the new contract that this city council and this mayor in Methuen told you was not too much money. Each captain is making $26,260 in raise money. That's how much more they're making. That's the raises that this administration, the Perry administration, who told you that the last contract was too much money. Each captain got a $26,260 raise. Each lieutenant got a $26,940 raise. Each sergeant got a $21,728 raise. These are the raises passed by the 2022 Methuen City Council that went into effect this year. And did we hear about it? in the news. No, we didn't hear about it. We, we read about it in the Valley Patriot, but I never saw the Eagle Tribune do a comparison and say, hey, wait a minute, there's a problem here. They said the old contract was criminal. They said the old contract was too much money. They, they, they were in the process of firing Joe Solomon because it was just too much money. They went after um, the captain, Greg Gallant, because it was too much money. We know there were shenanigans with this contract. It had to be. It had to be. And then when Joe Solomon was gone, they put back the 35 cops that they, that they laid off. They elevated captains to sergeants to lieutenant, lieutenants back to captain. They created a deputy chief's position, which is almost more than what Joe Solomon was making. Brand new position, never, 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 uh, never existed before this. 20, 40, 60, 70, over $70,000 a year in raises. And by the way, those will be prorated. Next year, it will be more. And the year after that, it'll be more. And the year after that, it will be more. Which is why this story is our number three story of the year in the Merrimack Valley. Because I think it's important that we remind people the legacy of Neil Perry. The legacy of Steve Saber. The legacy of Jim McCarty. The people who pounded their fists and told you one story. And then a year later, did the exact the, the exact same thing that, that they accused other people of doing. And no one, the Tribune didn't call them out on it. Methuen Life, I love them, but they, it's not their job to call them out on it. They're not really like a hard newspaper. But where's Channel 4? Where's Channel 7? Where's Howie Carr? Where's Howie Carr? When a story like this happens. He's all happy to have a city council on to talk about Joe Solomon. Because we know cops, cops equal bad, right? But when this happens... Nothing to see him move along. We get crickets out of Howie Carr. I'd love to see him cover this, by the way. All right, number two. Do we have a video for number two? I think we do. Uh, let me give you the setup on this. This is great. Our number two story of 2023 locally here in the Merrimack Valley. Scott Wood was a member of the Haverhill School Committee. He decided he was going to run for mayor. Also running for mayor and considered the front runner was Melinda Barrett. I think her first name is Melinda. If I get that wrong, I'm sorry. It is good. Um, Melinda Barrett was a member of the city council. And somehow, 
somehow a text message surfaced supposedly from Scott Wood to some other person from 35 years ago where he uses the N-word to describe black people. Supposedly, kind of, maybe. That's an awful lot of caveats to have anybody actually do anything about it, but because the city councilors were all supporting his opponent, Melinda Barrett, they decided they were going to use their positions as city councilors to make a statement that racism is bad. Very, very, very bad. Racism is very bad. And we condemn racism. By the way, do you know anybody who actually is a racist that doesn't say racism is bad? Like, even racists say that. Like, that's kind of like mandatory. That's what's expected of you. Especially if you're an elected official. So what they did was they had an illegal meeting. And the additional slap in the face to the taxpayers on this one is they had an illegal meeting by behind the scenes, outside the view of the public, decided that the council as a board, as a body, was going to write a letter to the public, a press release, condemning Scott Wood for maybe kind of almost, we think, saying the N-word 35 years ago in a text message that we can't prove. And why did they do this? They did this to help their colleague, city councilor, Melinda Barrett, become mayor. And it worked. She got elected. Scott ended up getting trounced, and she ended up getting elected. But here's a great video. We, it's, it, we, I won't play the whole thing because I know we're short on time. Here's, here's the additional slap in the face. Here's the salt in the wound of the taxpayers. Uh, Councilor Lewandowski, who's an attorney, actually had the nerve, and they all did this, but her being an attorney made it worse, had the nerve to say she had no idea that there was an open meeting law. She had no idea that there was an open meeting law. She had no idea that it was wrong for her to get together behind the scenes with her colleagues a majority of the colleagues, a quorum of the board to discuss city business outside of the public view. She had no idea. She had no clue. Hey, let's listen to her say it herself. Zucco, what Councillor McGonigal has said and said that it's important to note that in the open meeting law, which obviously none of us were, were familiar with, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm new to the council as some of my fellow councillors are, people that have been here for many years weren't aware of the fact that um, that electronic means of communication, whether it be text, email, and so forth, constitute a quorum. I don't think anybody knew that, obviously. You don't think or anybody knew that? When it was proposed as you something. That. You didn't, she didn't think anybody design, knew that. She didn't think anybody knew on that council. And by the way, each one of them took turns. One guy, and I wish I could remember his name, I think it's McGonagall, has been on the Havel City Council for 14 years. And you mean to tell me that this guy for 14 years violated the open meeting law because he didn't know that it existed? He had no idea that sending electronic communications to a quorum of the board constitutes a violation of the open meeting law? This is our number two story for the Merrimack Valley for 2023 for a whole bunch of reasons. One, the fact that they had the gall to do it. Two, the fact that WHAV, I'm sorry, Tim, I love you, but WHAV did everything that they could to make the councils look good and, uh, and Scott Wood look bad. And then didn't cover most of what really happened. Three, they get grabbed by the uh, attorney general's office and the attorney general's office tells the city attorney, yeah, you violated the open meeting law. On top of that, rub salt into the wound that they have another meeting in public and think, well, if we do it after the fact, that's going to absolve us, right? That's kind of like you, you broke into a bank and you stole the money, and you find out that the cops know you stole the money, so you break back into the bank and you put it back? 
Does that absolve you of the first crime? No, it doesn't. But they want you to think that it does. And on top of all that, they were putting, they were using the city council office, the city council as a government board, to campaign for Melinda Barrett to make her opponent look bad over a kind of maybe almost accusation that was never proven. And it worked. That's our number two. And shame on all of them, by the way. Hero of the year, Joe Bevilacqua, who's the only one who sat there and said, you know what, the city attorney should have told us that this was illegal. I've been here for a long time. I really didn't know what the law was. But why didn't the council president check with the city attorney before we did this? Shouldn't he have done that? The guy's been there 14 years. So... Uh, Hero of the Year, Joe Bevilacqua. And our number one, number one story of the year, boy, I'll tell you, it was this, it's this month's story, but if this had happened back in January, it would still be the number one. Election fraud in Lawrence caught on videotape, and guess what? Two people have actually been charged. The district attorney, Paul Tucker, has charged Fidelina Santiago and Jennifer Lopez, uh, the two people who were involved in the shenanigans of stealing ballots out of people's mailboxes, shadowing the postman because they knew what day he was going to deliver and going up onto people's porches and stealing absentee ballots out of people's mailboxes. And they've both been charged. Now, this is the first time ever somebody in Lawrence has been charged. So I'm not expecting this to to really result in much. I'm just not. But I'd love to see it. By the way, I know both of them. Fidelina was my candidate. I endorsed Fidelina. I thought she was the better candidate of the two. And I'm, I'm a little hurt that after this happened, I reached out to her and I've not heard back. Because I, I wanted her to understand that I'm just doing my job. I love you as a person, Fidelina, I do. But I, I also have to do my job. And for year after year after year, I come on this program. I went on radio. I went in my newspaper and detailed voter fraud in Lawrence. And then the Democrats have the nerve to say voter fraud doesn't exist. Just like Lenny Mera used to think before he got elected – if it existed, you go before a court, you, you challenge it, and you prove it. And what they don't understand is that the Democrats have removed every mechanism, almost every mechanism, to prove voter fraud and to do something about it when voter fraud happens. And so we want this to be our number one story of the year, A, because it's so shocking. It's so shocking to have a candidate driving someone around, driving around a campaign supporter, who's going up onto people's porches stealing absentee ballots. And then the next question is, were those absentee ballots filled out and sent in? Was there illegal actual voting going on, or were you stealing the ballots to stop that person from voting for their opponent? We're going to find that out if there's a trial. Quite frankly, I don't expect that there's going to be a trial. I think that everyone's going to plead guilty and this is going to go away because nobody in the Democrat Party wants this story to keep going. Nobody. But hats off, hats off to uh, Paul Tucker, our DA, because he's the guy that made it happen. He's the guy that said, you know what? This has never been prosecuted in Lawrence before. I'm, I'm going to prosecute these people. And how do you not? You got video. Although we've had video from previous years. We had, we had videos of Isabel Melendez handing blank ballots to people outside the polling locations that were filled in with the candidates that, Willie Lantigua wanted them to vote for. We, Dave Abdu took that video. I was there the day it happened at Mary Immaculate. And we, we, I hand-walked that video on, a, on a, uh, a USB port down to the district attorney, which was John Blodgett at the time, and nothing happened. Nothing. No charges, no investigation, nothing. So hats off to Paul Tucker for, uh, for that. I know time is up. I'm sorry, Chrissy. 
Uh, I want to thank you, Chrissy, for a great year. This is our sixth anniversary. You've been with me, I think, three years. It's, it's got to be close to three now. Trying to figure out when yeah. you came on board. It's just shy of three. But I've had a lot you. of producers since I started here. For a while, it was a new producer every week. <laughs> and I think that's a testament yep. to how tough I am to work with. And, and I'll take full responsibility for that. Um, I miss Stu. I miss... I miss um, uh, Mr. Jonathan was a great producer. I mean, when when he told me he was leaving that he couldn't do the producing anymore, I was actually really sad oh. because he was such a good producer. It, there's a lot of things that he just did that, like, instinctively he knew I wanted, and he just do it in advance, uh, and I love that. But Chrissy so far has been my best. I'm glad that she's here. Um, Thank you. She worked very good with Dave Id Consoli when I was in the hospital, and his hoping for 2024, again, your New Year's resolution, I'm going to tell you what it should be. It should be pretend that you're going to die tomorrow. Pretend that tomorrow is your last, today is your last day on earth. And getting upset about spilling something on your brand new shirt is not going to really seem all that important to you when you have that mindset. I know that since I got out of the hospital, since I heard the doctors tell my family, if you've got a priest to call, you better call him because he's not going to make it through the night. And I was in a coma and I heard it. It, it, really, it really screwed up. It screwed me up mentally. It screwed mm-hmm. me up emotionally. And it, but it also, in a good way, put me back on perspective because now as I'm going forward and I'm, I'm getting better uh, and I'm living my life and I'm running my business, uh, I'm not so upset about things anymore and I'm not so stressed about things anymore unless yeah. they're really, really important. Unless it has to do with hurting somebody that I care about or somebody's feelings being hurt. Anyways, that's it. Right, you can roll up, Mel. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you. Thank my buddy Dan Seaman too who's uh, been in our studio audience the last couple of weeks. I want to thank our sponsors... Free shout out to JG's Ice Cream. Doesn't matter how cold it is outside. It's always a good day for ice cream. AFC Urgent Care. We're going to get Lisa back in here. The Doug Mercurio Law Office in North Reading. Clear Path for Veterans New England. I know I owe Randy a call, but he blows me off so much that I purposely didn't answer his call when he called me the other day. Tomo and Shaken Seafood. Borelli's Deli in Par 28 with Ray's Coal Fire Pizza. Which is really, really good, and I'm not a pizza guy. EIS, investigation and gun training. They also do security. So if you need a security guard at your business, call EIS, investigation and gun training. Marsan and Sun Construction. The Zany Pesci Peshe Pesh Law Office. And McLennan Real Estate Century 21. And I want to thank Dave Id Consoli once again. I think I thanked him like eight times today, but I love that guy. He really stepped up for me when I was sick. He did a good job. And Melvin Taylor's got a GoFundMe page. Go find it and donate a couple of bucks. He says you got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.